This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast, this time hosted by me, Jamie Castle, and today we have a January transfer window special. We're going to chat about our thoughts on the season so far and what sort of shape we think the squad is in. We'll then look ahead to the final days of the window before it shuts at 11pm on, on January 31st and whether there are any players across the airfield that are catching our eye. I'm joined by Dylan Bindia and our special guest today, who's famous both for stats and his puns in equal measure, Ben, otherwise known as Luton Analytics. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Nursing a fairly, what can only be described as a fairly monumental hangover at this point. So if you see me start to wane at any point, that's probably why. Um, who has, I went to a birthday party and I don't really know what happened, but I'm, I'm here now, so that's good. Yeah, as I was saying, I've lied, but then you had the fortune of missing the game of today. So I think you're, you're, you're one up at the minute. I did. Of all the games to pick to miss recently, it seems like. I think it was our lowest XG uh, of the entire yeah. season. So yeah. pretty pleased I missed that one. Yeah, good stuff. And Dylan, how are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good. Um, I was unfortunately out of the game yesterday. So, um, yeah, not the best. Felt like the last <laughs> half an hour, we may as well have just left and, and gone to the pub or something. But no, it was, it was a decent day out in, in Sheffield. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree with that. It wasn't the best game, but I guess if if we jump straight into it and look at the season as a whole, we're, we're sat here after after twenty five games on thirty five points. I think that's compared with thirty three points at the same stage last season. So signs of small progress, Ben. But what, what what's your overall thoughts on the season so far? I think, yeah, I, I was nervous at the start of the season that losing so many players who had played so many minutes for us um, and having to kind of restructure what was quite a sort of core element to our team. So you, you likes of Pearson, Collins, 
Tunnycliffe are all massive kind of minute players for us last season, bringing in a lot of new faces. Um, I, I think it's going great so far, really. Um, I think the flexibility, I think Billy has written on the website, and congratulations on the rebrand on the website, by the way, about kind of the flexibility of Nathan to, at this point um, and the team. And I, I just think staggeringly good to see him using different formations kind of learning as he goes I think he even admitted that yesterday he would should have possibly tested out a different formation um, and tried something a little bit different but yeah it, it seems like we've learned a lot um, I think expected points has us at like 37 and a half so we're only slightly behind where we really should be um, and we've kind of had some fun along the way I think talent wise we've we've got some great players and, and I tweeted the other day just about the fact that we've put together a really lovely squad um, and the bench, the benches we're putting out each week are, are as solid as I've ever seen them and, yeah, enjoying it. Yeah, I think that's a good point on, on the squad and Dylan, I guess, obviously points are one of the key measures of progress and clearly you want to increase your points return year on year. But away from that, I guess from my perspective anyway, there's been a key development of a playing style, but something perhaps in the nine games in one season from Nathan rejoining through to the end of last season. It was all about, I guess, sort of staying in games, being competitive, but I guess not more than that. Whereas now we're a front-footed championship side and pretty much taking the game to every other of the 23 sides in the league. Is, is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, it's massively important in terms of us really kind of carving out a place in the championship and, and moving forwards. But also, I think, it's especially important from a, a recruitment point of view as well, because if we're trying to trying to get players in who we can move on at some, who will move on at some point um, for for much higher values than we brought them into, you know, Elijah being the case in point, you know, we need to be able to show that these guys can handle the a style of play where we press high up the pitch, where there's a lot of demands on them, um, and, and they can play a certain way, and that's really important in terms of their values and and how other teams see them. Um, but for us, obviously, there's just an aesthetic point there as well. You know, we want to be front-footed. We want to get at teams. And, and I think we've definitely seen that this season and especially the last few games, maybe not Sheffield United, but, you know, Fulham 1-1, Bournemouth, then Reading. You know, we're really seeing that 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 style. And, and it's it's just good to see more, more than anything, us really trying to impose ourselves on, on the league. Yeah, of course. I guess it comes back to that key word that we, we've used for a while now, and that's athleticism. I guess it's clearly an area that Nathan and the team highlighted last summer and, and, and has allowed us to get better on, on transition and, and, be on, be, and be good in transition for the full 90 minutes rather than just in pockets of a game. But it's, it's also a squad that's got a lot of ability technically as well. I mean, we've obviously spoken about how good Adebayo has been, Ben, for for, for, for ages. But even Cal Naismith, technically, Adebayo technically are, are, are brilliant players. And all over the squad, we've got brilliant athletes, but also brilliant technicians. And I guess it's it, it, away from just those two players, our squad overall is, is in a great place. Yeah, I think Dylan Dylan touched on sort of the intriguing nature of our press and and how physical we are as a side now. I like I, I think we all thought last season like Collins defending from the front we were like this is the pinnacle of of pressing from the front like like defending from the front with Collins, but I think Adebayo shown us a, 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 like you can tell he played center back for a good couple of years in the Fulham Academy because like his ability to press um is unreal and you look at the likes of Campbell who've come in and their kind of tenacity um it's 
it's been just really lovely to see. And, and that style is not necessarily what we've been used to when we were flying through League One and League Two, but it's a much more kind of uh, intense press than we've than we've ever been used to. I think the numbers wise, uh, we're like the fifth lowest in the league for PPDA passes per defensive action. So we're around 11.7, which is almost exactly what we had last year. Um, but it's actually resulted in double the amount of goals. Um, so I think we had three from high turnovers last year and now we're on six already this year. So it's, it's a lot more fruitful than it has been. And I think that's down to the likes of Adebayo um, really kind of pushing defenders um, and and setting out, setting out our stall in that way. And are there any players that, that you've been surprised with in our, in our squad this season that maybe you didn't think could have made the step up in, into the style of play that, that, that we're doing but, but, but has done? That I kind of break them down into sort of little categories. So like really excelling, I think Cal, Naismith, Elijah Adebayo, Jordan Clark have all just stood out a mile, kind of stepped up and continuing to impress. Like you've got your Campbell, your Bree, uh, Berry, I, I thought coming back in and being at this level, I know there's a few people who doubted whether he had this level in him. And I think he's really shown us he does. Um, Burke and Bell. Bell's kind of impressed me defensively. Some of his positioning needs a bit of work, I think. But uh, going forward, he's starting to go from strength to strength, really. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been really excited. And then there's a lot more that we want to see more from. So your likes of Musquay, CMG, um, Pereira, although he's gone out on loan now, Osho. Um, there's just a good strength in depth. Um, uh, and yeah, it's just exciting. And I guess in terms of the likes of your Musquez and, and your Mendes Gomez, do, do, do you see maybe that their their signings for post Adebayo and and post Jordan and Clark rather than here and now? I think to an extent, yeah, uh, they're here for the here and now. But also, we're not silly in that we know that Elijah isn't going to be around forever. That Clark, well, Clark's excelling at the minute, so you know, who knows that what which clubs will be will be circling around which of our players. So we need to have good strength in depth, but also make sure that we have those guys that when we have strength in depth, we have players that we can genuinely develop and that can genuinely become assets for the for the for the squad. And I think Musque and, and CMG definitely tick those boxes in terms of two players with very little league experience. You know, I think yeah, I saw a bit of stick flying around about Musque um after Sheffield United and and it's not very fair, I don't think, because he's only started or only played about 25 to 30 league games in his career, which is not enough games to be going in and, and dominating a, an ex-Premier League back three. Um, but what you can see with those guys and Carlos as well, um, albeit he's a little bit further behind Admiral, is they've got a lot. They've got the kind of base attributes that you want. Um, but we know that if we lose players now that we actually have a very strong squad. And yes, no one can come in and, and exactly replace Elijah because Elijah is just incredible at the minute. But what we have is some really good options in there who can go in and, and do a job and we can develop in the long run. Um, and I think that's really, really important. It feels sort of like we've we've been succession planning for life without him already. In, in to some extent, we like different styles, different players... I I really think yeah I've started to think more and more whether we're we're setting up and I don't know what recruitment will happen this window I'd be surprised almost if anything um, 
But I don't think that would upset or worry too many of us um, as Luton fans. I think we're bought into it and we're understanding that the club have got this kind of... We're on this journey with them and I, I doubt, yeah, I doubt we'll see any movement, really, if I'm honest. You know, I guess like I was thinking about this earlier. It seems like Adebayo really is the first, the first signing that I guess will in future allow us to step up the food chain because ultimately, right, we'd be upset to get to get any less than fifteen million from it at this stage in the summer. So fifteen million quid is is game changing in terms of what we can do in the window. So it almost seems that that is the first signing of of a future of hopefully stepping up that food chain. Yeah, imagine that money coming in, and then at the Aaron's sell-on money coming in. I think we could have a hell of a summer. We could have a hell of a summer if, uh, no, if that came in. But I, I almost wouldn't want to. I don't want to lose him though. Like no, it's it, again, it's a bit yeah, it's a bit like Dewsbury Hall. You get so you fall for a player, and you're just like, I really want them to stay. I'd love to see them continue. And and Nathan's talked about the time with him. It's not the right time for him to go now. He's got so much to kind of keep progressing, keep learning with this squad. Mm. And it just looks, Luton looks like a fun team to come into as well. Like in terms of recruitment, um, we always talk about Nathan and his and his presentation, but it looks like everyone's having a decent time and they all have got each other's backs. Um, so yeah, I can I can see that helping. Just imagine if he ends up at Leicester and he lines up with, with Keenan and, and JJ at Leicester. Imagine that. Eh? <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want a second team in the. <laughs> I'd have to like. <laughs> in terms of weaknesses, Dylan. Obviously, we're a side that's still a work in progress. I mean, by and large, this side has, has only been together now for twenty five games. Although we've had players like beyond this season, like the the, the core of it has only been together for twenty five games. But are there any areas right now where you think we need to improve upon if we have any chance of promotion in the future? That's a difficult one. I think. I think you can always improve in every position. And, and there have been a number of times when throughout the years under NJ, when we're in League Two, League One, where I felt, oh, you know, we, we probably don't need someone there, but we've got someone. So we've got someone in. So it's a, it's a tricky one. I think the most obvious position in the short term that I think we need to add someone is at left wing back. Because I just think it's a bit too much on Amari Bell at the minute um, with Potts and Onya Dinma not really fitting that position. Um, so I, I think that that's something we should look to do and, and maybe given that Amari Bell has been really, really good since he's come in, can we get someone in who doesn't necessarily fit the better or different in quotation marks that, that Nathan Jones is, is always on about? Can we get someone in like a CMG who isn't going to impact it straight away, but we can develop and, and, and you know, add value to? But I think it's, 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 a, it's a really tricky one because you just don't know what will happen. You know, for example, if, if Elijah goes in the summer and we suddenly have a massive pot to spend, then of course we're going to improve the squad in in whatever positions that we we believe we can. Um, so I think you, with recruitment, you're always you can always improve everywhere, but in the short term, probably on that left side is the only area that needs addressing, in in my opinion. Yeah, I'd be very nervous if Bell was to get injured. Mm. I just I, I think I think that's 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 apparent to everyone really. Um, like you say, you, you guys have both said it on previous podcasts that that the others don't really fit that position at all. I don't think he sees Potts as a as a left back anymore. Um, Fred would be wasted there, I think, especially if he's playing in a back four. I, I, like, I can't see him transferring and being an actual left back. Cal, again, wait, like it would be just a waste of him being a brilliant centre-back. Um, yeah, I, I've spotted that uh, the Welsh under-21 left back 
is probably in need of a loan. And as we love, we love a Welsh. Owen Beck uh, at Liverpool's got pretty decent PL two minutes. And I did think if NJ, we all know he's going to get the Welsh job at the end of this at some point. <laughs> so if he if he's looking to 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 endear himself to the new squad, I thought that might be an interesting one. Nineteen Liverpool, really athletic, decent creativity, might be an option. Uh, would that be his first loan? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think he's had. I don't think he's had many. Uh, he's, he's got fairly good PL two minutes under his belt, but it would be yeah, and it would be definitely be a baptism of fire. But then well, he's probably going to sit behind Bell in the pecking order for the mm. whole time and only be used in emergencies. I don't know how we sell that to Liverpool as a as a kind of good thing, but I guess to have mm. him in and around the squad, uh, a first team squad would be a big thing for him. But whether he's ready for that leap, a Championship leap, I really don't know because I haven't watched enough of him. Yeah. Um, but interesting. Yeah. I just thought. Last one. Uh, on, on the subject of, of Lepping Batson, I know you put out a thread on the Hampton Towns Ali Koiki. Not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but that's that's my best bet. Uh, as, as someone to, to keep an eye on, do you want to talk a bit more about him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, his. Well, I first came across him just watching Northampton. And I, what, what stood out, what stands out about him is, is just, again, it's that word. It's probably getting quite boring now, but um, his, his athletic ability is is above the level. Um, he's got great kind of centre of gravity. His first touch is, you know, what I always look for in fullbacks is is their first touch open. Do they can they receive on the touchline, facing forwards and then drive one v one? And he does all that. His his pace is really good. Defends the back post well. Um, technically, very very good as well. And he just what we need at left wing back and and what our requirements are are players who can cover very large amounts of ground um, in short spaces of time. So, for example, the reason for that is like when Amari Bell was against Bournemouth was pressing Jack Stacey really high up the pitch at the start of the game. Um, you know, that's really important when you're playing wing backs that they can do that job. Um, but someone who can carry the ball, be a genuine threat. It's why Potts has struggled a little bit there because you just don't get much attacking output from him. And and someone who can also defend a bit isolated one v one and 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 I think I haven't I need to do a bit more watching of him but he's someone who at his age I think he's twenty two twenty two twenty three um, he's only got six months left on his contract at Northampton albeit they have a one year option um, which gives them a bit of security with that um, but I just think he's he fits that profile now he doesn't necessarily fit the profile of different or better he definitely fits the profile of developed. Um, like a Carlos or, a, or an Admiral, um, but he's someone that I, I really, I've really liked. I've watched a few times, and, and I really, really like him. Um, so, it might not be a bad option um, if we if we are looking to add depth at left wing back. In terms of the window, then we've got eight days left, um, and the club are clearly working hard behind the scenes to see if we can improve any of the weaknesses. Um, in one of our post-match polls yesterday, Ben, we um, we asked the Hatters fan base what they feel was the most important position to, to, to sign someone in this window. Um, me and Dylan chose left-wing back, centre-mid and, and striker as the three to, sh- to, to shortlist. And 55% said striker, 24% said left-wing back and 21% said centre-mid. Is that something you'd agree with? Do you think we, we need a striker still? It's, it's tricky because... I think now that we've got Adebayo playing quite well up top with Jerome, that, that looking like a nice partnership. We've got Cornick to come back to sit alongside Adebayo uh, and offer something slightly different, although he's not an out-and-out striker. I think 
if the likes of Hilton were to move on and there's been rumours, a lot of rumours kind of kicking around recently, um, then, yeah, I, I, I can definitely see there's a need for that, whether it's a necessity within this window. Uh, I think I think it will be very much, the recruitment team will look at it like they did last window. If, if there's someone who's available because they can pay a fee and skip ahead of the, of the pack, in terms of um, in terms of the summer, like we did with Adebayo, then they'll then they'll take that chance. Um, but for me, there's no one who clearly kind of jumps out. Whether whether we're trying to whether we'd look for a data match to try and replace Adebayo because he's been so key to the way we've set up recently, uh, I just don't I just don't know. I just don't see it happening. Or whether we'll try for someone who'd fit more into a uh, more into a different style of play, more into a three up top with Fred, CMG, Cornick out wide on the right. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. I, I, for me, for me, the, the, the hole, the immediate hole is left back. Um, centre mid, I think, is a position where we've got quite a few players, but we could really do with sort of an all-action, like a Hamer at Coventry um, style player, someone who can do it all, uh, to, to fill the Dewsbury Hall hole, really, yeah. kind of defensively tenacious I was interested to see Shinny go to Wigan like I thought that might have been an interesting one just again for the short term couple of years um, someone kind of more all action than we've got at the moment because I almost want to combine the kind of skill sets of of Lansbury uh, and 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 a couple of the others to, to make a more complete player like um, we don't really have like if you combine Lansbury and Ray Glenn Ray in terms of Ray's defensive ability and Lansbury's progressive passing you get someone that I could think yeah that, that's that's who we've been missing in this squad So I guess in, in terms of, of, of other players who've been linked to Ben as you mentioned that sort of central midfield area at the minute and although he's not a, a, sense, a, a he's not a, a, an out and out midfielder um, Elliot Anderson of Newcastle was someone that, that we were that, that, well, it seems like we, that me and you have been talking about him for years now. Sort of, I think the last the last three windows we, we we've been linked with him. And the Athletic reported early in the window that a, a loan deal had been agreed with Newcastle to bring him uh, to to Luton. Although it seems that like the latest update is that it's currently on hold whilst Newcastle try and get some players back that they lost to COVID. If if that was to go through, obviously he's one that would want to come and and play rather than just be around the squad. So where would you see him fitting into the system? So, yeah, having read a bit, up, read up on him quite a bit, and watched, I was watching highlights. Actually, I was watching kind of a Vimeo uh, highlights thing before when we jumped on this, um, just to cheer myself up, uh, <laughs> distract myself from the hangover. Um, I, yeah, I, from from what I've read and from what every all the Newcastle fans have said, he very much uh, can play anywhere up front. So uh, we could use him uh, in a, in a kind of four two three one. I think anywhere across the three, even up top. Maybe alongside Adebayo, um, he's definitely got an eye for goal um, and an amazing free kick on him. So I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like to see him come in. It's an interesting one because we don't really we haven't played much with with sort of an out and out cam at no. all. Um, we've we kind of had Musquey in that role a little bit earlier in the season, um, but yeah, he's Mr. Anderson is definitely one who. I'd just love to get in, just because he seems like a he seems like an excellent talent, and Newcastle fans seem annoyed that we're even getting the chance to to get him. He he should be teetering on the edge of their squad, but I I think yeah they're gonna they're gonna buy big to to for their to kind of buy their salvation at this point. So whether he'll feature at all there, I can't I can't see him yeah. doing and, that. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, of course. And in terms of of that Keenan Dewsbury hole sized hole that we've got in our in our in our side, Dylan, is there anyone? Keenan Dewsbury hole. You and your puns, Ben. In, in terms of that KD eight sized hole, that, that's that uh, that, we've, that that we've got in our squad, Dylan. Is there anyone that that you sort of that you've seen that maybe could could fill that gap? Well, uh, not really. No, um, I think we we kind of went some way to addressing that. Um, with Lansbury signing because Lansbury is very different to any other mid- central midfielder that we would recruit given that he's not the athletic type he's not the young hungry upcoming one that we can do and in terms of how our midfield actually functions out of possession it's really important that our midfielders go man to man all over the pitch um, you know with Campbell and Pelly, and that's why we recruit athletic midfielders but Lansbury we kind of protect him at points because we know that that's not his real strength he's not that type of player but what we wanted out the Lansbury signing in terms of replacing the Keenan Dewsbury hole um, is uh, is his ball <laughs> progression. And it's, it's his overall kind of ball progression and, and someone who can real really hit quality forward passes. And I think it was I think I think it was against Sheffield United when he came on, you know, straight away, just a big switch of play, but really direct. You know, anyone can switch the play out to the mm. other side, but who can do it with real pace and, and energy and uh, so I, it's a, it's a tricky one because Kiernan was so so good at everything, out of possession, in possession, creating around the box, finishing around the box. That we're not going to be able to get someone in permanently who can do all of that because it's just going to cost us too much. But I think what we wanted out the Lansbury signing was the overall ball progression and quality in possession. Um, so no, I mean I think we've we've done enough to to fill that hole. Um, it's a very big hole to fill, and you're never going to fill it with just one player. But I think we've done enough so far, and Lansbury and, and Campbell have kind of showed two sides of, of Dewsbury Hall in two different players, and that's how we've gone about it. Because it would have been very difficult for us to to ever create, you know, bring in a like for like. It's been interesting to see how we've used Naismith as well uh, and pushing him into that kind of deeper lying midfielder role and letting him kind of pull the strings later in games. Um, yeah, I, I, I hadn't thought that that would have been an option, but I think Cal can play everywhere on the pitch. So, um, yeah, it's a nice one because he, he, he is someone who can progress the ball really well and carry it really well. So, um, yeah, whether whether uh, for a lot of the time I spend trying to work out with all my data subscriptions, trying to work out who the hell could replace Gillian Dewsbury Hall. He's a bit of a unicorn in, in that sense. And you look how he's walked walked into that Leicester squad and become a fan favourite already. And you've got sort of world-class internationals that, that are competing for like the likes of Ndidi and T. Elements. He's just, he's, Jusby Hall is making that Leicester team. So um, yeah, whether, whether we'll be able to stumble across another one anytime soon, I don't know. Um, I've found someone I quite like the look of in Sweden. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's going to work. Um, but we'll see. In, in terms of uh, further in the future, obviously we, we've signed Elliot Thorpe and he's currently in our 23s and we've got uh, Ed McJanet who's currently in, in the, uh, in, I think, the, in the Ireland under-19s and I think Casey Petit is, is, a, is a DM, although he's played at centre-half a few times. Is there anyone in, in the 23s that you think could, could step up to the first team uh, in, in the next sort of season or two? Um, I'd, I'd love to, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to think Beckwith maybe. Mm. Um, might if if we if we are gonna look into our own ranks to see if anyone can fill that left back role. He's having decent, uh, decent loan spell. 
um, at the moment. Um, it, there seems to be more talent than we've we've ever had. I'm quite excited by pretty much everyone. Elliot Thorpe is the is counted if you read the website as a as a first team player rather than a development player, but is playing most of his minutes with the development lot. I think just to get that sharpness back, um, whether we'll see him on the bench for a couple of games, um, I don't know. But he looks like he looks him and Pereira look like the ones who are who are most likely to get to get involved with the first of the team lot. But yeah, McJanet can't stop scoring, so uh, I wouldn't mind uh, if he maybe went out on a loan and, and did yeah. that elsewhere or, or had the chance in a couple of cup games to do that for the first team squad as well. Uh, on Dion, it's a strange one because I, I was looking earlier and he's not even made the bench yet in, in about three or four Bradford City games since, since he signed, so I'm not sure what's happening there. Yeah, all his fans under the first game when he arrived, all the fan, all the Bradford fans are like, "Where is he? What, what have you done?" Mm. So whether he's whether he's picked up a knock or whether it, he's just getting because he hasn't had that many minutes for us, whether he's just getting whether they're just getting his fitness back up. Yeah, of course. Um, finally, I just wanted to open the floor up. Really, is there is there anyone else in in the EFL that that's been catching your eye either as a potential replacement? So thinking sort of Elijah replacement or someone to, that we could sign to improve the squad. Dylan, do you want to go with that one? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I'm working on a bit of a, an Elijah piece at the minute, and it's, I mean, well, nice. the obvious, the obvious one that that springs to mind is Uche Piazu in terms of a profile of player who can give us that physical presence in forward areas. We can play direct into, but also he's decently athletic. He can cover the kind of lateral spaces um, when we're pressing high up the pitch. That's so important. Um, but it doesn't fit that category of someone that we really want to get in and develop. So it depends. It, it could depend also on where Jerome goes in the summer, because if Jerome does go, then I don't think we'd mind having another kind of more experienced one in there, like like Anuche Piezu. Um, so he could be an option. Um, I think another one that's a bit of a wild card is um, Keon Atete. He's just gone from, he was just on loan at Northampton. And uh, now he's just gone on a to Cheltenham. And in terms of someone with an athletic profile and a physical profile of someone who can run in behind with good pace, but also hold the ball, um, you know, he's, he came out, he's on loan from Spurs. So he's come out of Spurs Academy and, and he's got the kind of technical ability that you would expect from someone coming out of Spurs Academy. But he's very raw and uh, he's definitely not someone who's ready to straight away come into the championship and play. But that's what we said about Elijah as well. Um, but I need, need to watch him a bit more um, and I'll put the piece out at some point and hopefully that's a bit more of a solid conclusion um, on him. But he's someone who kind of fits that profile of young, hungry, upcoming um, and definitely one to keep an eye on for the second half of the season in, in League One with um, with Cheltenham. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, Ad- Adebayo is a really tricky one to replace both from a data perspective and from a player perspective there's, there's no one else that kind of is standing out with those with those attributes in league one and league two who again it shows it it reiterates and highlights to me how difficult our recruitment job is because we've got to have players who are ready to impact a championship squad and benefit us as an entire team um who are re- who are basically ready to go and Adebayo we like Dylan said none of us necessarily thought he was going to be an instant ha- and have the instant impact he had and it's I think something that's great for his CV to be like look I've moved club um, and slotted straight in I think he was in from the get go taking Collins's spot in the first team um, so yeah it's a difficult position given the budgets the wages 
to be able to recruit in the striker role, I think we've done incredibly well. Um, and whether we'll wait till we have that bit more money um, to do it or whether we get someone... Because at the moment, are we looking to get someone to play alongside Adebayo? I was interested to see um, Ladapo putting in a transfer request at Rotherham. And I've had a few chats with a few people and was like, he definitely isn't a replacement for Adebayo, but he would be good foil and a good player to play alongside, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it doesn't feel like a, a replacement at all. Um, and it's just tough because you're looking at the other the other teams that we're competing with. You've got you've got to find something unique and someone interesting. I know um, I think both both of you have mentioned him to me, but Lavery at Blackpool is the type of player like they've managed to find a great player. He's his press is amazing. He's really tenacious. Um, it, it's that kind of mold that we'd be looking at, I think. Um, but again, how, where we're going to get twenty goal a season championship striker for as a hidden gem. There's talk of um there's talk of um Kabongo Shimanga. Um but whether again, whether you can go from National League, is he coming straight into the squad? Like it I, I don't know. Can you translate yeah. National League goals unless you're Jamie Vardy into yeah. into championship or Premier League goals? I d I don't know. And I kind of need, I need to watch him a bit more to see if I think he's he's got that kind of a rounded game um, to be able to kind of jump into the championship. But it could be an interesting one. It, it, the value would be there if 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 we could do it, and uh, it wouldn't be the first time our recruitment team's gone lower league and and reap the benefits. Kioso, perfect example of that. Ben makes a really good point there in terms of just because we might lose Elijah doesn't mean we have to replace him with another Elijah, i.e., someone big, strong, physical that we can play direct into, you know, and I think that's that's almost a bit of a luxury to be able to do that because there might be, you know, only one player in the whole of the EFL who really fits that that style of player and we just have to kind of go for someone who fits the category of, who fits the kind of profile of Elijah in terms of young, hungry, upcoming, someone we can get for a relatively low fee, but that might not necessarily be the big, strong, physical, direct Elijah that we we know. So, uh, so it's not yeah. So when when we're thinking about replacing Elijah, I, I don't think we should be kind of pigeonholed into just we need a tall, a big, strong striker. You know, someone of a different profile, like a uh, like Ben said, a, a, like a Lavery, um, who a bit of a gem who no one had really heard of who can come in and, and score goals. Because at the end of the day, it, we need a player who can score goals and come in and replace that. Um, and that that would generally cost a lot of money, um, and we can adapt our style to whatever that player is. So we got Elijah in, we go a bit more direct. We get a Lavery in, and we change slightly. We build a bit more. We try and be a bit clever with our build-up play and so on. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be that big player that fits exactly what Elijah would be, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've I've been really interested to see how we have changed our our kind of previous. League One, League Two, we were playing a lot of free-flowing passing football that was a lot more possession-based. We're so much more direct now than we ever have been. And I think in the games where Adebayo hasn't been available or and and we've used Jerome and Cornet, it, it, it just doesn't work to the level it does with him there. So, And even, I knew we had to rest him, but I was like, oh, that's a bit of a big shout, resting him for Sheffield United, because what, what are we going to do? Like, is it going to work? Um, and... Yeah, it's it is going to be a challenge, 
but I love the flexibility at the moment, the shape, the, our ability to change shape. Maybe we bring in, uh, we, maybe we play three up top, maybe we play four, two, three, one. Um, like, I th- I th- and we can bring in more exciting attacking midfield options who can unlock teams with a pass, so your Andersons. Um, and uh, I know Twine is kind of now feeling like one of the ones that got away, but if we if we weren't playing with that level of reliance on one striker, we can set ourselves up to be more dynamic and, and recruit in a slightly different way. Because I think, I think Twine, if we'd signed him, I don't think we'd have played a part um, because we need the more kind of physical box-to-box style midfielders that we've got to be able to to maintain that level of press, so your Campbells and your Pellies. So we would have wasted Twine, I think, really. And he's fitted perfectly into MK Don's system and, and has shone really bright. And I'll be surprised if he doesn't get a move away pretty fast. Yeah, and and for me, that I guess what you what you two have spoken about there highlights the importance of of sort of the, the playing staff with, with Nathan and Mick and and the equipment staff with Jay and Phil working in harmony together, where they can react and and change it at at, at speed really. Um, to I guess just to be to be flexible, and, and that's only going to be really important going forward. Yeah, I'm keen. I'd be keen to know if, if there's... So there was talk before Kyoso came back, people were saying we needed to sign another right back as well. Like, I don't, I don't really see it myself now that Kyoso is back. It seems a bit extreme, but yeah, there have been some good... If you look at like the likes of Forest Green is is and them tearing up um, tearing up the league, is that somewhere we could look to recruit from? Your Kane Wilsons, uh, Ebo Adams, um, I really like the look of, and I know um, there's... He's got a lot of fans. I don't know. It's just nice watching the season play out at this point. I, I wouldn't be desperately sad if we end up in not recruiting anyone. I'd, I'd love to get Anderson in. Um, I'd love... It'd be interesting to see how Lee Lee's loan plays out and whether they move for him permanently. His numbers at Charlton have been really strong and he's such a good player in League One. Um, but yeah, and Danny... Who knows? Who knows what's next for Danny? I can't see him featuring too much, but again, when he does come on, he's that tenacious Danny that we've always had, and still has sort of a good eye for a pass and and a good bit of shithousery about him. So I don't think I don't think he doesn't benefit the squad when he's when he's fit. So, um, but yeah, I think we're looking to the future more at this point. Definitely. Well, it's been a very interesting uh, chat to have. So, Ben, a, a massive thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to speak to no you and, and, fi- and finally speak to you after a long time conversing through Twitter. Yeah, DMs. no. And yeah, congrats again on the podcast and getting it all up and running and the website. Everything's been brilliant. I've been listening along the way. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. And it, it'd be great to get you back on the pod at, at some point in the future, maybe for a, a summer transfer window edition. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, hopefully, yeah, we'll be doing some business in the summer and we'll know if we have got that massive pay packet to spend. Uh, I think Dylan and I will have some fun with looking with slightly bigger purse strings than we have been. For sure. And, and for those that don't know where to find you, and I'll be surprised if anyone listens to this and doesn't know who you are, where can they follow you for more? Yeah, blimey. Uh, yeah, at Luton Analytics on Twitter, pretty much just on Twitter all day, every day. Um, uh, that's me. Perfect. Thank you. And Dylan, thanks as always. I'm looking forward to your piece on, on Elijah's replacement. And, and thank you to everyone for listening. Don't forget to follow us at Oak Road Hatter on Twitter and Oak Road Hatter Pod on Instagram as we prepare for our February ticket giveaway uh, next week for the chance to win tickets for our, for our home clash against Derby County on the 20th of February. 
Also check out obotatter.com for regular blog posts on anything, anything related to the hatters. Thanks again and bye for now. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.